This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today we take a look at grain markets this week. And analyst Errol Anderson says the world is moving into a recession, pushing markets downward and not just grain. We talk with the president of the Canadian Cattlemen's Association. They've changed their name to the Canadian Cattle Association. It's about a name rebranding and also looking into beef pricing. We have the latest Manitoba crop report and a look at weed control. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. Grain markets reflected a volatile week during the past five days. Errol Anderson is president of Pro Market Communications and outlines the latest outlook for wheat and canola. Well, certainly, uh, recently we've seen a major plunge in, in the ag sector, but this has been broad-based in nature. Uh, this is a global commodity price setback. You know, products like cotton, products like crude oil uh, actually has turned into a bear market now. We've seen the crude market lose 20% of its, uh, more than 20% of its value since its highs in March. And actually that technically to us suggests that the oil market is actually turning into a bear market. Copper prices have really gone into a collapse. And the reason for this is just the the world is slowing down and, and there's fears that we've entered a recession. And, and my thought is, is that yes, we have. We have entered a recession even though uh, we may not hear it so much on the radio yet that we still haven't entered, I think we are certainly seeing it from the consumer. So the consumer is hard-pressed right now. I think there's even going to be a, a pressure in the real estate market. This will be particularly seen in the U.S. as I see it right now. So, uh, yeah, we're seeing an asset devaluation right now that's likely going to follow through into the fall market. So how much did wheat go up or down and canola go up or down this week? Well, looking at the uh, September Minneapolis market, we saw the market break around $12. And when it broke $12, the September contract actually broke down below $9 and it went rapidly. We, we saw those losses over about a two and a half week period. Now, earlier this week, we did see the market basically get oversold. We saw this Minneapolis September contract move down into that 885 per bushel range and technically really oversold. Now we're in a bit of a bounce right now, but the bounce won't be as high as where we came down from. The top end on the, or the resistance as we see it is approximately around 1060 a bushel. So I don't see the Minneapolis market right now going back up towards $12. We need fresh bullish news in order to restart this market. If we don't see the restart in the market, then I think overall we've got a lower trading window. What about canola? Well, the November contract right now is trading 
quite choppy within about a $50 metric ton range on a daily basis. So it's really, really choppy. It's trying to find value. We've seen some hedge pressure this week. Some growers are pricing right now. That's putting some further downside pressure. The November contract did get as low as about 791 earlier this week. Now, on a recovery, I believe the resistance is around 875. So very, very choppy. Can we go up to $900 again? Sure we can, but again, I think we need some fresh news to get us up there. The downside of this market is the major support as we see it technically is down around 780 a metric ton. So what's the outlook for next week and beyond? Well, it's tough to call week to week, but right now the markets are rebounding slightly late week, and that's because of talk that China is reopening. But again, overall, these commodity markets are hurt. And so that means that the rallies will be short-lived. If we do see a bounce up, it may be an opportunity for growers to price in some more grain. These prices are still high. In my view, they are as a potential that we will weaken further into the fall market, but calling it week to week is definitely very difficult. Carol Anderson is president of Pro Market Communications. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6 Inch Eavestroughs. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavestroughs.ca. And your Prairie Co op Grow Team. Fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton, and Strasbourg. The group representing Canadian ranchers has changed its name to be more gender inclusive. The Canadian Cattlemen's Association, which represents more than 60,000 ranchers and feedlot operators nationwide, will now be known as the Canadian Cattle Association. The group has had the word cattleman in its name since its founding in 1932, but President Reg Schellenberg says today's ranchers are a strong and diverse group of people. We changed our name and logo because we wanted to represent who we are today while still honoring the heritage of our organization. We want to recognize the critical role that women have always played in the success of our ranches and farms. The name is also more inclusive of the many people and organizations involved in bringing beef from pasture to plate in Canada. More than 350,000 people, including the 60,000 families that raise beef on Canadian ranches and farms. Our logo, together with three things we are the most proud of. Obviously, our country and the maple leaf, our environmental stewardship that farmers and ranchers practice every day and have for generations, represented by the land and the water, and also what we produce, our cattle, the best beef in the world. So it's designed to be more gender inclusive. That's the reason for the rebranding. Absolutely, Jim. The women pay a valuable role in our farms and ranches and always have. Uh, Our ranch is no exception. The family operation, my wife has has contributed many, many hours and days and years helping us out. Reg, the stock growers have announced a request for federal, provincial governments to launch an investigation into beef and cattle pricing at retailers and meat packers. Do you want to comment on what the CCA, Canadian Cattle Association, is thinking? Well, that discussion is, has and is taking, taking place at CCA. We respect their provincial organizations to make the inquiries on behalf of their, their memberships, and uh, that's exactly what the SSGA is doing. They're making an inquiry, and they want to find out exactly where the, where the stats line. What are your thoughts on pricing right now? How does it look? Well, right now, as far as the pricing goes, obviously there's a huge, a huge gap between what 
retail sells for and what the producer gets. Most consumers get the impression that ranchers and farmers are, are making a huge profit, and that's not the case in any in any way. But we realize that everything has a cycle, and we're optimistic for the fall fall market going forward. Red Schellenberg of Beachy is the president of the newly named Canadian Cattle Association. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your RealAgriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Let's get to discussion about the cattle markets. We're talking to Ann Wasco, the Gateway Livestock Exchange, for this week's Beef Market Update. Ann, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Okay, let's, uh, let's I guess, start with review of the cash markets. What have we been seeing here this week? Well, we're into July and markets are holding together really well. That summer doldrums uh, that we often are starting to witness by this point um, have, have stayed away. So in the south, in Texas and Kansas, kind of steady to two higher, depending on what day and where, but 136 to 140. In the north, we've still got this phenomenon where we've got very premium market happening, 148 to 151 this week live and 232 kind of on the average dressed. And and the fact that, and we mentioned this two weeks ago, Sean, and the fact that the north is premium to the south isn't all that unusual, but an $11 premium, that is. And so what's going on is the northern feeding region has become much more current Cattle feeders have gotten current uh, faster than the South has. Uh, packers are chasing the higher grading cattle, chasing choice, as we call it. And um, and that's really driving that North Market uh, stronger. Is and then the other piece, just, just, I'll just on this one, just to put it all together, futures are still well back of that. So we've got this strong basis environment, cash well over futures. You know, August closed last night at 134 and a half. So um, they will arbitrage by the time August, you know, it's only early July, but everything will arbitrage in the next six weeks. Yeah, and so when you talk about those regional differences, and this is just a point in time, so I, I got to put that as a disclaimer on my statement I'm about to make. But you know, when we look at some of those regional differences, those are also the regional differences that have different opinions when it comes to what has to happen in terms of the future of the cattle industry and mandatory cash and formula good, formula bad, and all those kinds of things. So that's that's kind of interesting that the the North is strong there. Yeah. Well, and it's, and you've heard this and I think you've even used the term, but in, in this, in this case, in that talking about cash markets, um, whether we're talking about the U S or Canada, one size does not fit all. It's like talking about Alberta and Ontario, right? Often we see big swings in, in different directions and, and uh, right now Ontario prices are, you know, super premium to Alberta. Um, but last year at this time it was the opposite. So again, <clears throat> different, um, different factors drive different markets. And this is a classic example. Overall beef production, how, how is that trending here in 2022? Well, good, good time to talk about it because we've just closed out the first half of 2022 and beef production in Canada was up another 3% um, just on domestic production, you know, between fed cattle slaughter and non, non-fed slaughter. So a, a big number for the first uh, half of the year. In the U.S., they were up 1% <clears throat> and we're comparing that to last year's record. 
production. So these are, these are big numbers. This is big production for the second half of the year though, Sean, it's, it's interesting as you know, there's been a few articles about this in the last week or so talking about as we march through the second half of 2022 and we get into smaller supplies and expecting to see smaller cattle on feed numbers, especially in Western Canada. Now that we've got some better moisture conditions, we're going to see, you know, production levels change pretty substantially as we go forward especially by the end of this year. So big production in the first half and expectations for considerably, well, maybe not considerably, but certainly smaller production um, as we, as we march through the rest of this year. Okay. And, and so this is getting a lot of attention right now, you know, food supply, food scarcity. This is, you know, these are topics that are being discussed at many different levels of, of society. Let's just hone in there very quickly on the, on the why. Why is that supply lower in the second half of the year? Simply because of cattle supplies. So we've gone through, you know, last year's drought forced more cattle on feed in both countries. It's forced more heifers on feed. We've put cattle on feed at lighter weight, so they've stayed on feed longer. We've kept that on feed um, inventory inflated longer. But sooner or later, those things, we, we, we get current, as we say, and we get through those numbers. And based on the size of the cow herd, um, it's simply going to be a supply story as we march you know, out of 2022 and into 2023. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at Real Agriculture. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Mainly cloudy today, 30% chance of showers with risk of a thunderstorm. Wind south 30 gusting to 50, the high 28, the low 17. Saturday, mainly cloudy, 60% chance of showers or thunderstorms. Clearing in the afternoon, wind west 20, the high 29 tomorrow, the low 16. Sunday, cloudy, 60% chance of showers, the high 25, the low 13. Monday, sunny, the high 26, the low 13. Tuesday, sunny, the high 28, the low 15. Wednesday, sunny, the high 34 degrees, the low 18. Thursday, sunny, high forecast 34 degrees. Normal high is 25 for this date. The normal low is 11. The sun rose at 4.57 this morning. It sets at 9.10 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is leader in the west-central part of the province at 29. The cold spot, Buffalo Narrows up north at 18. Esteban is 21, Saskatoon 25, Swift Current 26, Weyburn 22, Yorkton is 23 degrees. Cloudy in Regina, it's 21, that's 70 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the south-southeast at 25. Humidity is 80%, the barometric pressure falling, 101.9. Partly cloudy in Moose Jaw, it's 27. Winds are from the south at 26, gusting to 35. Once again, Regina, cloudy in 21, that's 70 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada. Before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils, maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions. 
from Gowan, Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com and brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. Early seeded spring wheat and canola crops in Manitoba are beginning to flower. The weekly Manitoba crop reports as crops in the northwest are a little further behind. Amir Farouk is with Manitoba Agriculture. Mostly crops are uh, one week to two weeks behind. Canola crop is also like the, at this time of uh, the year, most of canola is flowering. But uh, very few fields, very early fields are flowering. Otherwise, most of uh, fields are bolting or cabbaging at this stage. And the same thing with the wheat. At this uh, time of the year, most of wheat in uh, Manitoba is heading. But right now is uh, some mostly our wheat is uh, early wheat is like on a booting stage, or some fields like very early are a little bit on coming to heading stage. But mostly those fields are booting and or tilling. Overall, spring wheat crops in Manitoba are rated 65% excellent, 25% good, and the remaining 10% in poor condition. Farouk says many regions received another big dump of rain at the end of last week. We got a, a big system, so that was actually brought 2 to 3 inches of rain in some areas. So that actually is uh, uh, giving some trouble to the crops, like some standing water in the field. But overall, crops are doing good, so hopefully we will be getting some good weather conditions this week. Farouk says humid and warm conditions are ideal for fusarium and sclerotinia development this year. Many farmers and retailers are preparing to spray fungicides on wheat, canola, and peas. Peas especially because, you know, peas don't like very wet conditions. So in some, we are getting some reports that... uh, there are some root rot issues in peace and hopefully like if this same weather conditions continue, so there could be some sclerotinia issues in uh, canola could be uh, seen in, 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 in coming days. Spraying progress has rapidly advanced and is nearing completion despite challenging winds and wet fields. Last week uh, we got a uh, very good progress in herbicide spray. So like uh, it was close to 85 to 90 percent spray is done so because we got the whole week or mostly dry week in most of the province so it got uh, farmers chance to finish their uh, herbicide spray hay cutting in manitoba continues to be hampered by wet humid weather however pasture production has soared due to the warmer weather and ample moisture most of the forages are looking very good, uh, like uh, uh, producers are waiting with the dry weather for getting their first cut, and some actually already started the first cut. So uh, the yield looking uh, average to above average because uh, uh, forages and grasses, they like this water, and uh, from last two, three years, they were very dry. But uh, due to these conditions, so they are thrilling. So... They are mostly uh, foragers are looking very good, and only issue for the livestock with this wet conditions. So, like uh, they should not be get any kind of foot rot or some disease issues in the livestock. 
But overall, livestock forage sector is doing good at this stage. Amir Farouk is with Manitoba Agriculture. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. Diversity in crops and spray treatments are the best ways to prevent herbicide-resistant weeds. Canada ranks number three in the world for herbicide-resistant weeds, only behind the U.S. and Australia. A recent study found nearly 70% of surveyed weeds had at least one herbicide-resistant weed. Of course, the level of resistance varies from field to field. Dr. Brianne Tideman is a weed specialist at the Agriculture Canada Research Farm at Lacombe, Alberta. She says the problem usually begins gradually. For example, resistant wild oats may appear in patches. When you spray a population, you select for the one or two maybe unique individuals that have this naturally occurring mutation somewhere inside of them at the cell level that allows them to survive that herbicide. Those one or two plants will set seed and become a slightly bigger part of the population the next year. So typically what you're going to see is you're going to see patches of weeds. You're going to see a small patch of wild oats or a small patch of cleavers that are not being controlled. Now, how big that patch is when you notice it is a test of how well you're scouting and how close of attention you pay to your weeds in your field, really. Sometimes you can catch it when the patch is pretty small and you can deal with it in patch form. Sometimes you don't notice until it's a fairly good-sized patch and you're like, hey, why are there so many of this weed in this field type of thing? Tideman notes herbicide-resistant kochia spreads more quickly. Some weeds, um, and I'm thinking of kochia here, may not show that typical patch distribution because of how their seeds are dispersed. So if you have one resistant kochia individual that then in the fall breaks off and does the tumbleweed thing that they're known for, you might have a path of kochia that has resistance. And I'm sure some of you have seen the pictures of, you know, the stubble with all the green kochia and you can tell exactly where the kochia rolled. That's because of how those seeds are dispersed. Something like wild oat where those seeds fall right by the mother plant, you're going to end up with just sort of a patch type of formation. She recommends a herbicide rotation and the use of multiple forms of action. And so we know if we use the same herbicide or the same mode of action over and over and over and over again, that's our fastest way to select for resistance. We know that. If you rotate your modes of action, you will delay resistance a little bit. If you tank mix with two effective modes of action or more, you're actually going to have the most significant delay in terms of resistance evolution. The reason is that if you're only rotating, so say you use a group one on your wild oats this year and a group two next year, something like that. You've still done the selection and had that individual survive and produce offspring and now he's in the seed bank for the next time you come back to your group ones. Whereas if you have two effective modes of action at the same time, even though it's resistant to say your group ones, maybe it's not resistant to your group eight and so the group eight controls the group one resistant individual and the group one controls the group eight resistant individual, and now neither of those individuals are putting seeds into your seed bank to be next year's problem. Dr. Brianne Tideman is a weed research scientist at Agriculture Canada. Her comments were made on the Growing Point podcast. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source 620 CKRM. 
Market update brought to you by Freeze Tallman Lumber and Sask Pork, working on behalf of Saskatchewan hog producers and our community. Grain prices were mixed this morning. Viterra prices for feed barley fell ten dollars at three hundred two eighty-seven. Canola went up fifty cents at eight twenty-three zero two. One red spring wheat rose twenty-two dollars three cents at four thirty-six sixty-one. The rest were unchanged. Durham four fifty-four seventy-nine. Chickpeas ten fourteen thirteen. Flax eight ninety-two sixty-seven. Lentils seven seventy-one fifty. Oats three fifty-six fifty-three. Yellow peas four seventy six twenty five and feed wheat three thirty eight thirty. At Minneapolis, September spring wheat rose fifty three cents at nine eighty seven and a half cent a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the source six twenty CKRM. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn eight four two forty five seventy four. And now the latest livestock quotes. This is Grant Barnett with the Market Report. Hard on livestock here. It's Moose Jaw. Only 220 on offer at our Tuesday, July 5th sale. This cow and bull market level is smoking right along. These good cows, a dollar five to 14. Sales right up to 117.50 on them big high yielded cows. Medium cows from 96 to a dollar six. The good bulls on the good end, 135 to 42. Sales right up to 147.75. Tim Corker's better half, Kathy from South Avonlea. Sold four big char label, 2,259 pound average. Average 146.85 for $3,317 per bowl. Don't forget Canada's longest running rodeo in Wood Mountain this weekend. This is Grant Barnett reporting. Let's have one great afternoon. And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 6,700 hogs Thursday, selling in a range of 246 to $261 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 4,800 head, selling in a range of 248 to $265 per CKG. 100 index hog prices for the week ending Saturday, July 9th are Holy West 2020, 254.80, Holy West 2021, 250.90, Maple Leaf Sig 4, 248.73, Ham's Cash, 246.73, Thunder Creek Brickle, $247.49 per CKG. Ham's cash hog price today is mixed and four contract prices open mixed this morning. On Thursday, the Canadian dollar was up 36 basis points with a daily exchange rate at 1.2986. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 77.21 cents US. Daily US cash markets are mixed to finish the week with the negotiated Western Corn Belt region softening 22 cents while the national formulas improved $1.66 US 100 weight relative to the previous day. The pork cutout is poised to come in at the highest weekly average price this week with bellies recovering $9 compared to the previous day and led the primals higher for a cumulative $4.91 a hundred rate net change yesterday. This morning's weekly export sales report offered a mixed bag of information. Physical deliveries improved 16.3% compared to a week ago, but the 32,245 metric tons in shipments would essentially be considered trendline for 2022. New net sales came in lower than the previous reporting period at 31,247 metric tons, or 3.3% below a week ago. However, China committed to the second highest volume for the year at 11,400 metric tons, which has raised some eyebrows, especially in the context of a rising cash market and ongoing speculation regarding their domestic supply situation. Meanwhile, lean hog futures are mixed to finish the week with the deferred contract seeing some support, with the net results seeing improvement in the Q4 2022 plus January timeframe. 
This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. And brought to you by Mandeco. Talk to your Mandeco dealer or visit mandeco.com to learn more about Mandeco land rollers and tillage equipment. The Saskatchewan government says anyone can cut and bale roadside hay after today, Friday, July 8th, without permission from the nearby landowner. That's as long as mowing and salvage operations have not already started. Minister Jeremy Cockrell says the annual hay salvage and mowing provides many benefits for producers and motorists. Cutting grass along provincial highways reduces drifting on road surfaces during winter, improves visibility and control of brush and noxious weeds. This year, the Highways Ministry tendered 102,000 acres to contractors. The first cut began last month with a focus on the north, with second cut to begin as early as July 15th. Mowing in the west, central and southwest regions, including Swift Kern and North Battleford, begins August 15th. This allows additional time to salvage hay in anticipation of below normal moisture. On the markets, the TSX is down 62 points to 19,000. The Dow has fallen 104 points to 31,280. Oil has risen a dollar 64 at 104.37 per barrel. The Canadian dollar is unchanged at 77.10 cents U.S. And that's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.